Chris, you had what I thought was the best of all resolutions <laughs> because you wanted to, quote, claw your way out of the abyss of disillusionment and alienation. And also, you want to learn how to draw. Well, I did one of those things, and the other one I failed at. <laughs> <laughs> Reveal to us. Can you draw? You can't draw, can you? No, I can't draw. <laughs> Big thanks to our partners, Linode Fastly and LaunchDarkly. We love Linode. They keep it fast and simple. Get $100 in credit at linode.com slash changelog. Our bandwidth is provided by Fastly. Learn more at fastly.com. And get your feature flags powered by LaunchDarkly. Get a demo at launchdarkly.com. This episode is brought to you by our friends at Raygun. Time is of the essence when identifying and resolving issues in your software. And our friends at Raygun are here to help once again. Their brand new alerting feature is now available for crash reporting and real user monitoring to make sure you're quickly notified of errors, crashes, and front-end performance issues that matter most to you and your business. Here's how it works. Set thresholds for your alerts based on an increase in error count, a spike in load time, or new issues introduced in the latest deployment, along with custom filters that give you even greater control. You can assign multiple users to make sure the right team members are notified with links directly to the issue in Raygun. This takes you to the root cause so much faster. Never miss another mission critical issue in your software again. Try Raygun alerting today and create a world-class issue resolution workflow that gives you and your customers peace of mind. Visit raygun.com to learn more. They have usage-based plans that start at four bucks a month with unlimited apps and users. Again, that's raygun.com and start your free 14-day trial. This is JS Party, your weekly celebration of JavaScript and the web. We are kicking off the new year right with some great guests in January. Next week, Sean Swix Wang, then John Cooperman from Cloudflare, followed by Ryan Carniato from the SolidJS Project. Subscribe now if you haven't already at jsparty.fm. Hey, it's New Year's party time, y'all. Chris on the kazoo, yeah. <laughs> Little backstory here. I went looking for a kazoo, couldn't find one. Chris hopped on. I said, do you want a kazoo? He says, of course. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't think that was an of course kind of a thing, but he was almost offended that I asked him. <laughs> of course he owns kazoos. Hey, everybody. It is 2022. JS Party is here to ring in the new year. I am Jared Santo, your internet friend, and I have a bunch of friends here with me today. Darn near all of them. Not quite, but darn near. Uh, Amelia is here. What's up, Amelia? Hey, hey. Happy to have you. And of course, I've already talked about Chris because he's here on the kazoo. Chris, what's up, man? Hey, happy 2022. And back at you. We have Divya with us. What's up, Divya? <laughs> I think you might have been muted or just not <laughs> excited. Please try again. I said, hey, how's it going? <laughs> I just realized I was like, oh, I just auto muted myself. Oh. <laughs> Yeah. Like an amateur. Come on, David. You're a professional podcaster at this point. The sound of that boisterous laugh is Amel Hussein. What's up, Amel? Hello, everyone. Happy to be in 2022. It's so awesome here. It is. It's like the air is better. 
World peace is a thing. Yes. It's amazing. We also have K-Ball with us. He is salsa-ing into the new year. What's up, K-Ball? Am I? I actually have not been out dancing in almost two years now since March 2020. <laughs> I'm going to say, hey, 2022, you can't possibly get worse, right? Don't challenge it. Do not challenge it. And surprise, we have a brand new panelist, a new year, new co-host. It's Allie Spittle. Allie, say hi. Hey, how's it going? This is really exciting. We're super excited to have you. I've wanted you on the show ever since I met you way back in the day on the changelog. And then we had you on Front End Feud and we had a lot of fun. And hey, the, the cards aligned and you're here now and you're here to stay. So that's awesome. Welcome. Yeah, definitely. It'll be awesome. Well, give everybody the TLDR on Ali Spittle for those who have not met you previously. Who are you and what's you up to? So I lead and manage developer advocacy for AWS Amplify. So I focus on making it so that AWS is out there for front-end web and mobile developers. And then outside of that, I do a lot of things on the internet. I have a blog and I also used to co-host the Ladybug podcast with Emma as well, who I know has been on here a bunch of times. Mm -hmm. And I live in Denver. So outside of work, I like to... Do a lot of outdoorsy things. It's very fun. Mm, Denver. Now we're all jealous. That's a great place. Yeah, it's the best. It's like vacation all the time. I do vacation there sometimes, and you live in my vacation spot, so that's kind of weird. <laughs> do you ever vacation in Nebraska? I have not. I have not. Don't. If you did, then we would just be... Flipping. Go ahead, K-Ball. I'm just playing with you, Jared. I was going to say, don't. It's not for everyone, I hear. And in fact, I think it's almost for no one, <laughs> except the zoo. <laughs> Uh, well, you know, K-Ball, it represents a large minority of the JS Party panelists. So it is for it's for JS Party people. Maybe you should check it out. No, it's true. And actually, one of my coworkers is from Nebraska as well. And she knew you all from Nebraska JS and things like that. So. Well, that's because everybody in Nebraska knows everybody. There's like seven of us. As previously stated, it's really not for many. It's not. K-Ball, did you ever imagine that you would be a Nebraska troll? Like, would that be part of your life? You're just like our biggest troll. The real thing there is I'm a Nick and Jared troll. Ah. And so uh, y'all bring Nebraska to the forefront in your commentary. And so then I become a Nebraska troll, I guess. Well. I can't troll TypeScript anymore because I'm using it. It's but. a living, I guess. It's a living. I mean, I troll Nick, but I just pick on TypeScript and I pick on Vim. I don't pick on the Nebraska stuff because I would be biting off my own leg. See, I use both of those tools now, so Nebraska's the only thing left. Well, come check us out. It's nice this time of year. Okay, let's get into the show. So this is our annual New Year's show. If you listen to the last one, you will know that we finished it by making some resolutions. And it wouldn't be a resolution if we didn't fail at it wildly <laughs> and then hold our each other's hands to the fire or is it feet to the fire i don't know we're getting hot next to a fire because i'm bringing them back out and asking how everybody did on last year's resolutions k-ball your desire your wish your resolution for 2021 was to be able to do 10 handstand push-ups by the end of the year how'd you do failed miserably <laughs> i actually have no idea because i haven't tried <laughs> did you forget about it no try it. Yeah. i can go and stand against that door and try maybe i'll be able to do one okay okay oh, man. try it okay here we go here we go i think that's an ample punishment oh my wait gosh. is the camera in the right angle is he actually gonna try oh to wow okay i don't even know 
Oh. I think that was <laughs> wait. Is he really doing? Yeah. Oh, oh, oh no. wait. Wow. Okay. We have we have an attempt of one. Oh, that was not even one. Half. Point five. Point five. <laughs> oh my god, Divya, you're so mean. I got down, but I couldn't get back up. <laughs> I'm not mean. I'm being realistic. That's like half. That counts. Oh, I forget that Divya is the fitness no, queen. I'm not. Yeah, I forget that. No, no, no. Yes, this makes sense now. <laughs> so additional context. At the time we made those resolutions, I could do two. So I have backslid. You're very fit. You've actually backslid. Uh, that sucks. <laughs> oh, no. Can you do it just like a standing handstand, though? Is that... No, Divya is very fit for what it's worth. Thanks. Yes, but not a standing handstand push-up. Ah, yes. That one is harder. I mean, I do a New Year's like wrap-up and look back. And like yeah. this whole year was about recovery. Because like we made those resolutions. And then like within a week or two, my mom died. And other shit happened. And like mm. first half of this year just sucked. So I'm coming out again looking forward and I'm optimistic. Next year is it can't be worse. It's gotta be better. <laughs> it can't be worse. Well, definitely no big deal. You know, in the scheme of things, whether or not you can do 10 handstand push-ups is not uh not gonna change you one way or the other. Amel, you had a bunch of goals. No, of course. This is kind of an Amel thing. It's the flying <laughs> hot, have a bunch of stuff. Big ambitions. That's my MO. <laughs> Let me list off a few of these and you can tell me how you did. So you and your husband were going to build an automated watering system for your plants using raspberry pies. Mm -hmm. Did you do that? We're like halfway done. So we okay. basically wanted to set up our um, garden. Like we wanted to set up like an indoor and outdoor garden, but then the lumber crisis hit. Mm. So this is kind of another like monkey wrench, you know, with like setting up an irrigation system. And so I would say like, I'm hoping we'll get to it this year. I'm happy that I think some of the goals that I remember from last year, I think I did complete, which was like nature time because we now live in the country and we're like really enjoying that pretty regularly. Yes. And the other thing you said is I need more friends that are not technologists. How'd you do on that front? I think pretty good. Yeah. I have like a bunch of new friends that are not technologists. Like I have a friend that's like a lawyer and another friend that's like an accountant. Nice. Are you seeing a trend maybe? <laughs> You're just like diversifying? Yeah. Yeah. I have like a really good friend that I've made that's uh, a massage therapist. Yeah. I've okay. been really working on that. Actually, a lot of my local friends are obviously not in tech and not obviously, but they are not in tech. And so I think I've actually made progress there for sure. Now you just need to find a plumber friend, an electrician. Wait, where do you live again? I live in the Berkshires. So we're like in this little slice of heaven in Western Massachusetts where there's still culture not still there's tons of culture and we have tons of nature so it's like a very unique place you get the best of both worlds so if you like art music theater and then nature so it's like a big juxtaposition very cool so you also wanted to build a little led screen for yourself because you're always one minute late to meetings how about that did that come to fruition i've started that project but i started that project like three weeks ago because okay. i quit my job and like at the end of october and i started that project three weeks ago and i'm hooking it up to gcal and i'm really excited so stay tuned on that cool yeah but i, I started that project a year later than i planned so for what it's worth well you're working on it so that counts are you so you're gonna blog it are you gonna video it how, how are you gonna put it out there so we can see what you're up to definitely yeah i'm um right now just playing around with like how i want the leds to show up like if i come up with my own like symboling system or if i want to like try to do words i'm using um johnny five nice i'll definitely like probably make a little youtube video about it it's too much for a blog i think so very cool well, Ali, you weren't on the show last year, but you did have a resolution to leave Chicago and you just told us you live in Denver. So it sounds like you're a winner winner. Well, yeah. Last year at this time, we were like deciding where to move. And 
it was not going to be Chicago. So we had like a list of cities that we were thinking about moving to. And so it's all kind of wrapped up this year. So I think that was the biggest resolution that I had last year was to to get out of Chicago. So we already sang Denver's praises, but why did you pick there and what were your other choices? Okay, so funny enough, me and my partner, Andrew, we both made lists of all the cities that we would possibly want to move to and then blind rated them. And then Denver was number one for both of us. So that's really how we ended up here. It's a little bit random. Analytical. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. We didn't have like necessarily a city that we were tied to because remote work. So we could have moved anywhere. And Denver was a little bit more affordable than a lot of the big cities and lots more outdoorsy things to do. So it's kind of the best of all worlds. So we've talked about Denver being good, but you're coming in with a high bar. That was number one of all possible places. Has it met your bar so far? Yes, for sure. It's definitely the best place that I've lived where we live close enough to things where it's like very walkable. We can live in a real house, but then we can also drive out of the city whenever we want to go like hiking or skiing because the ski season is starting already, which is exciting too. Love it. Love it. Well, Chris, you had what I thought was the best of all resolutions <laughs> because you wanted to quote, claw your way out of the abyss of disillusionment and alienation. And also you want to learn how to draw. Well, I did one of those things and the other one I failed. at. <laughs> <laughs> Reveal to us. Can you draw? You can't draw. Can you? No, I can't draw. <laughs> Chris, I'm going to show you one of my vacation books. We'll put it in the show link links, but I think for people on YouTube, you can see this or, It says, you will be able to draw after finishing this book or something like that. That's not going to happen. Yeah. (laughs) That's not going to (laughs) happen. So, yeah, that abyss about the yawning void. Yeah, I got a new job, essentially, and I'm doing different things, and I'm much better now. Awesome. Relatively speaking. So, yeah. Woo! I think in the scheme of things, being able to draw versus being out of the trough of disillusionment, I think... That's the one I would pick. So I'm happy that you've, you've solved that one. I mean, I still want to be able to draw, but uh, I don't know. Buy this book, I'm telling you. I don't want to try. It makes a big promise, you know? <laughs> I, I don't want to put any effort into it, which is really the problem. <laughs> you just want to know how to draw. I want to, like, you know, wake up like the Matrix, and now I know how to draw. And um, Right. So I'm just going to wait for that to happen. My kids have been doing this thing on YouTube. It's the Art for Kids Hub, and... They tell you exactly what to do and you will draw something and it looks good. He's very clever because he's giving you these like this vocabulary of things that you can then draw. And I've noticed, at least with my kids, like they just follow the instructions. But now when they're free drawing, it looks a lot better because they're using these little techniques. So it's almost like they picked it up Mm. without doing anything because they're just following instructions. Well, that sounds cool. Maybe uh, send one to Chris for his birthday. Art for Kids Hub on YouTube. Go for it. My birthday is in July. Well, you can wait. You didn't draw all last year. I mean, are you in a big rush? Is there a right answer to this? <laughs> the right answer is no. No, I'm not in a good <laughs> rush. And you're exactly correct. <laughs> oh, my. It's Jared again. Have you heard about our membership program? It's called Changelog++ and it is the best way to directly support our work on JS Party. 
as a thanks for joining, we give you an ad-free feed, discounts on merch, and even some bonuses like extended episodes. Check it out today at changelog.com slash plus plus. We'd love to have you with us. So let's talk trends in 2022. What's going on? What we think will be going on as the year progresses? Divya, what are you thinking? It's interesting to see the JavaScript space sort of heating up specifically around like people vying for this Jamstack or king of Jamstack role, specifically seeing like Netlify raise Series D, Vercel raise Series D around the same time. And then Vercel is also hiring like a lot of people and it sort of feels like the trend is moving away from just focusing on React and Next.js because with Rich Harrison joining and he owns Svelte and Seb Mark Badge, is that how you say his name? I don't know how you say his name. He joined as well. And so there's a lot of heavy hitters that they're hiring. And so it's interesting to see that. And I'm curious to see the progression and what that means for the space and what they're cooking up at Vercel. Do we think the hires are just going to continue apace? Do you think they're, they've gotten who, who they're looking for? Is it all open source people or what's going on? We, you named two, but does anybody know anybody else? Or Yeah, it just seems like they're hiring a lot of people who own significant open source projects. And it's interesting to see because it's just a matter of like, the trend tends to be hire open source people and act, it's like an acquire thing. So you take on people who own these giant projects and by doing so, take on the community that they bring. And so, yeah, I think they're making a huge play, definitely. I think the other cool thing is we talked to Rich about this and it seems like they hired Rich, not the creator of Svelte. So he's kind of welcome to work on whatever he wants to work on, which it's really just they're hiring the people, not even the communities or the technology. They also have gotten some really good talent from Microsoft and other companies to lead like the engineering effort internally or the DevRel effort. Like, so they have hired some, I think, pretty big people within the community, maybe not people who are known on Twitter by everyone, but like definitely some, I think, key people that are instrumental, like within organizations. So yeah, it'll be really interesting to see how they take over. My guess is that I think Vercel and Guillermo essentially, and I think Elon Musk are going to have a collaboration. They're going to like collaborate on something and it's going to be called like Rocket.js. And we're going to find out that like Brussel is going to power like dashboards that are like going to run inside of a rocket. And like, they're basically going to run the tech that's going to serve uh, UIs uh, for uh, <laughs> for SpaceX engineers. So, mm. you know, that's my prediction. And I'm sticking with it, everyone. Do they have a pop on Mars yet? Is there, <laughs> do they have a CDN there? No, but I mean, you think about that constraint though, right? I mean, like how many, we had like less than one gig of RAM that took us to the moon. And so, you know, think about all those constraints around writing for native applications, right? So I expect uh, JavaScript and, and web development to be a lot faster after having that constraint of like, you have less than one gig of RAM, like now make it work, yeah. you know? <laughs> so. I think we have seen some JavaScript-based dashboards on SpaceX, maybe not on the rockets, maybe like in the control booth or mm. wherever. But I, I know JavaScript people have been singing praises because their stuff is powering dashboards inside of SpaceX at some point. But yeah, okay. So Vercel plus, I'm writing this down for next year's New Year's party. 
to say, did Vercel and SpaceX have a collab mm -hmm. in 2022? That's that's a Mel's big call. Mm -hmm. What's interesting about company like Vercel and Netfly, et cetera, hiring open source developers, is kind of like a shot in the arm. No pun intended. It's not a pun. No <laughs> contemporary <laughs> topic intended. <laughs> it's a shot in the arm to the amount of time and thought and effort that can go into the project. But then you're also wondering, like, there's a cynical me or maybe more than just me that's kind of like, kind of like with Facebook and React. It's like, does Facebook needs drive React's direction? Does now Vercel's corporate needs potentially sully the waters of a Svelte.js or of these other projects that these people they hire work on? What do you guys think about that? Chris, you have a arm in open source. What do you think about that? Yeah, I think that's a concern. I think it's especially a concern with a company that's just taking on more and more VC funding as well. Yeah. So, yeah, you start to worry about things like a rights ratchet where you had this open source project that was permissively licensed. Oops, now we're going to change the license and now we're going to open core and we're going to strip out features and just the same thing that's happened time and time and time again. And I think what's really frustrating to me is people don't like, they'll still like reach for these projects. It's like they think it's not going to happen. They don't appreciate the risk of adopting an open source project like that. And uh, yep, that's how things go. There's a lot of talk right now, obviously, about uh, not being appreciative of the risk of adopting open source by companies. So I saw a thing recently that said open source is free like a puppy. And I thought it was the most evocative metaphor. Yeah. 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 It's free to bring it in the door, but you are signing yourself up for a lifetime of maintenance and occasionally it's going to shit on your rug. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Now, a lot of people learn that the hard way. Well, yeah. Notice how the one person who worked at NPM is staying quiet. Let my silence be <laughs> noted by the audience. And if it wasn't noted, she'll call it out. <laughs> Let that be interpreted how it, however yes. folks want to interpret my silence. Yeah. But let's just say I strongly agree with Chris. Yeah. It is a little scary for me to see VC enter community and open source because if those boundaries are not clear, it gets really ugly really fast. And we have a very recent story that we can all refer to about that. So I just hope folks know what they're doing. I do think what's different about Vercel with NPM is the NPM founders were very kind of focused, I think, around the community experience more so than the product experience, if that makes sense, right? So the CLI API, the actual capabilities of the registry versus like, how do we make this a product? Like that was something that was a, an afterthought and something that was being pushed on by the board or whoever, you know, like you guys need to come up with a way to make money, y'all. We can't just keep throwing cash at you. Yeah. So what's different is where I think Purcell does have a clear strategy for how to make money. I think my personal question mark on this is like, second tier cloud, like I think what's to stop AWS or Google from spending like one or two quarters to like actually close the gap on whatever Vercel is offering as a value prop, right? So I'm just saying like there's risk there too. Mm -hmm. And, you know, best case scenario is they're acquired and the community, the JavaScript community doesn't suffer as a result. And worst case scenario is not great, right? So but we're hoping the best. Yeah. Well, and one thing that I think is a little different in the Vercel case versus, say, an NPM case is, like, they're funding a wide range of open source projects and creators that all are projects that, if people are using them, they'll probably also be interested in what Vercel has to offer. 
Whereas NPM was like a single thing and it was deeply integrated between the open source project they're funding and the product they're trying to sell. And so I think they're pretty different scenarios, right? If Vercel goes under or is acquired, Rich Harris can go someplace else. He's not going to have a problem and Svelte isn't going to necessarily have a problem. And they're kind of touching a lot of different things, right? They've been funding some of the key maintainers of Next.js for a while. Now they're bringing in Seb, who's been core on React. They're talking about Rich. I wouldn't be surprised if they bring in one of the core members from Nuxt or something like that. Like they're kind of doing a diversified portfolio of Mm -hmm. helping fund innovation in the space where people who are using that innovation are in their target customer audience. So I don't think they get quite the same conflict of interest and single focus, how do I monetize hangups? Though, mm-hmm. obviously, if they went under, that would cause all sorts of problems and the pressures of VC are very real. Mm-hmm. Well, switching gears. <laughs> Jared's like, I wanted something positive and happy, y'all. No, no, no. This no. is going to be a Twitter controversy at like cluster. So I apologize. No, no, no. That's not me. I'm over here thinking I could talk about this the entire show, but we need to keep the show rolling because this is very interesting to me and I have more things to say about it, but I'm going to hold it back. Okay, we can keep it moving. Okay. Because I would like to pass it over to Allie for your tech trends going on here in uh, 2022. What are you thinking? Well, my biggest thing, both on my wish list and forecasting, is that developer tooling and developer experience will become even more important. And I think that it even links into this like Vercel conversation that we're having, that smooth developer experience that makes developers more productive is going to be a huge place for investing because for like most startups, especially the most expensive cost is engineering costs. And so the if you can make developers more productive, that saves a lot of money. And so I am very excited both for like our experiences. Like I cannot tell you how many times I've written a React form, for example. And if I didn't have to do that from scratch every single time, that would be such a boon for my productivity. And so I think the rise of those types of developer tools will be huge. Mm. Any specifics beyond React forms? Things where you think my life as a developer, this can be for anybody to answer, not just yourself, Allie, but like my life as a developer would be greatly improved if I had X tool. I know we talked recently on the show about tooling for accessibility, which is somewhere that we all come up short and how that's getting better. But like we could definitely be holding developers' hands with tooling for getting accessibility right and doing it well and making sure you're doing it. We can be doing that better, but that's just one that came to my head. Any other places where your your current dev life is in pain and you would love someone to fix that pain for you? Okay, I'll go first and then I'll pass it over to you. So in the Rails era of development, and I guess a lot of people still use Rails, so it's not like that era is necessarily over, but there was so much code generation. Like you could type in a command in the command line and half your app would be generated for you. And I think that there are products like Blitz.js and couple others that are doing a really good job of bringing that to the front end modern experience. So that's what I'm most excited about personally. Mm-hmm. Amelia? Uh, I have a lot of thoughts here because my job is pretty much focused on the future developer experience. But the two things I'm most excited about are making collaboration remotely easier between developers. So this isn't like more multi-cursor. This is like How do we, like in between multi-cursor and the metaverse, like how do we make it so that remote development teams can work together seamlessly and like share 
what they're doing in kind of like um, an automated way. So you're not just like sending Slack updates or having video calls. And the other thing I'm really excited about is it feels like we're moving more towards at least in my like little front end world is like, there's the code, but there's also like, what does the code produce? So it feels like the focus for a long time has been on like, like, what is the syntax? What does the code look like? Let's share diffs. But for me, at least what I've seen is it's moving more towards like, what is this code building? And like, what tools can we build on top of that? So this is like, like no code tools and like GUIs and uh, like more in that direction where like, it feels like we've solved a lot of use cases on the web. And like, how can we make it easier for new developers or people who aren't developers to build things. Very cool. I'll just point out that we're 41 minutes into recording and we had our first drop of the term metaverse. So we made it quite a ways. <laughs> My apologies. <laughs> but it's been at the talk of the town as of late. Divya, what are you thinking over there? About the metaverse as a whole? Or like my thoughts around the metaverse? Or you could ignore that and go back to developer tools, if you think. Oh, developer tools. I left it open. You can talk about dev tools or the metaverse. <laughs> I will hold my thoughts on the metaverse. You pick. <laughs> Choose your own adventure, Divya. <laughs> <laughs> well, share them both. We're here for it. I agree with Amelia around developer tooling and a lot of the progress there, just regarding like how collaboration works. Because like with VS Code, collaboration, like VS Code Live is great. And I'm looking forward to like improvements there and just like extra things that they're probably going to add in the future. I think one other thing that I've also seen that's a trend, I think it's sort of been bubbling under the surface is sort of like how we're building developer tooling in JavaScript. And you see this movement towards writing a lot of things in Rust. And I think I've talked about this before, but I think you're starting to see a lot more of that in developer tooling space, specifically with Dino, like that came out last year. And you see more tools starting to use like Rust compilation and a lot of the Rust ecosystem and tooling to build for JavaScript, which is really interesting. And I think we're probably going to see more of that moving forward as more people start to adopt and use Rust. Yeah. So can I get grumpy about that? Am I allowed to do that? So I'm a little worried about this whole like move to Rust thing because I'm just like, is this like more JavaScript community hype where we're going to get excited about something and not really think through all the repercussions and like the long-term strategy? I understand like our tooling has is getting complex and builds take time, but like the however many seconds or whatever minutes or like that we're saving, like the complexity that we're gaining is infinite and you're also creating a huge barrier for entry, like with people community, like contributing to like the tools that they use, you know, like I now I'm an expert in JavaScript. Like, do I now have to go learn Rust in order for me to start contributing to this project or for me to submit a bug patch to this open source project? Like, I mean, we're just adding more fragmentation to our stack and we're also like not thinking more strategically about like this mess that we've created with our like build tooling, you know? So I think we need to like think outside the box, not make them like not make the horses run faster. I think maybe. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I kind of understand. I'm saying I, I understand Rust is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. But I just, yeah. I don't know if it belongs in JavaScript ecosystem at, at that level. Like I just don't, but you know, whatever, I'm grumpy and old. So the thing is in developer tooling for JavaScript, it's not always JavaScript. Like we have used other languages before. So we've used C++ and I would argue that C++ is more complex and more confusing than Rust is. 
And that's like going way in the weeds at least because we're a JS party. We're very like front end focused. But if we're already reaching for a lot of languages like that, I would say Rust is a bit more user friendly because their compiler at least gives you very clear indications for when things go wrong. And I'm speaking from personal experience because I'm not a Rust developer. I have picked up Rust in the last year and a half going from JavaScript to Rust. And I've done C++ before and it's been painful. But from a JavaScript perspective, when you do pick up Rust, there is a clear sense of, obviously the syntax, there's extra stuff you need to think about because you don't think about pointers and memory in JavaScript too much. But considering the fact that we are already pulling from like compiler heavy languages like C++ for tooling, I would say if we had to choose, Rust is actually not a bad choice. And it sometimes helps sort of give you a clearer sense of how you're fixing a certain problem. You don't have to think about certain things that you had to with C++. And so, yeah, I would say that's there is a gain there. Obviously, I understand where you're coming from, which is like we shouldn't be building everything and like completely throwing away JavaScript and just writing everything in Rust. But that's not the point I'm trying to make. I think the point I'm trying to make is that internals, ultimately we're using Rust to augment and then the user experience and the sort of the layer, the wrapper layer is still JavaScript, right? So there's just like, is there a way that those two can coexist? Yeah, no, I think that's a really good point. Can I offer an opinion? Please, yeah, I was actually gonna ask you for yours, if you even if you didn't offer it, so. I think, yes. I was kind of alarmed by it at first, but <laughs> it's just that JavaScript and Node, it's just not well suited to compilation like CPU heavy right. number crunching stuff. Right. It's just slow doing right. that. It's good for other things. It's good, obviously, for an async network server or whatever. But for like CPU bound tasks, it's just slow as a dog. So. Like Rust makes sense. It makes sense to use a faster language to do those things. Uh, but I think it's going to be self-limiting. I don't think we're going to get much farther than those sorts of tools. If you've tried to write a web server in Rust, I'm sorry. There's just lots of things that Rust is good for, and there's lots of things it's not good for. Mm. I'm not too terribly worried about it. I don't see something like a package manager does not need to be written in Rust for JavaScript, for example. Like, it's not like there's not a whole lot of cr like number crunching going on. It's just not helpful. Yeah, I guess for me, it's like I just think like, OK, we're using Node for our build tooling and Node has, you know, you can use things like Nappy. You can use like native module APIs to hook into C++ bindings if you need to. So like, why create more fragmentation? Like if we're going to leverage something, why not leverage the cow paths that are already there being used by large enterprises that are using Node at scale to do lots of stuff? C++ is a language of foot guns. Yeah. It's so easy to shoot um, yourself with C++. <laughs> you can write nappy modules with Rust too. Okay, yeah. I guess if you can write nappy with Rust, at least... That's a little bit better, I think. It's in the sense that like you're able to leverage Nappy to at least smooth out the bindings. So for people who are debugging and who want to like understand what the interface is, like there's a way to to manage that a little easier. But anyways, I just remembered it's. I think it's pronounced N-A-P-I, not Nappy. Oh, I, I'm thinking of Nappy because I was thinking that sometimes my hair can be Nappy. I, it's not Nappy. What is it? It's N-A-P-I. Yeah, it's N-A-P-I. Thank you. But I, I read it and that's what it says to me. So. It says Nappy. 
I like nappy. I want to call it nappy. I've been working with folks from the UK recently, and I think to them, nappy means diaper, which might actually be appropriate here, right? Like, oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways, all right. So yeah, it's okay. I'm just, I'm in that phase, I think, that's very early. Right. I'm where Chris was maybe six months ago where he was alarmed. I'm still alarmed, but that's fine. You're saying it's okay so long as you use the nappy to keep the parts away from you? Pretty much, yeah. Let's use nappy. K-ball, you're making me pull out my bleep button way too often in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're swearing a blue streak over there, man. You're really getting edgy in 2022. Seriously. Anyways. All right, let's do one more trend because then we're going to change subjects. We got Chris with a wish list item. You want Chrome to lose market share? Tell us. I do too. Yeah, I don't know. Has anybody keep been keeping an eye on like these crazy security things? No, not the security stuff. Like the antitrust lawsuit stuff, where mm-hmm. it's all of this, all this dirt's coming out about Google and AMP and Chrome and stuff. And now they got this extension manifest coming out. It's clear to a vast majority of technologists that like Chrome is not where we want the web to go like chrome they don't care about privacy and we need privacy google is not being good they have not been good and it's my hope that some other browsers are going to you know new browsers come or or maybe some will claw back some of that market share but i'll tell you like the weird like payment pay nothing now uh thing in edge is not the way to do it (laughs) i'm hoping there's we don't continue down the path of this website only works in Chrome yeah. because it's not a good browser for a human. So what is it? Is it Firefox for the win or what's your personal strategy, Chris? What do you use and what do you suggest to people? I don't know. I use Vivaldi. It's a lot of switches and toggles and things. It does a lot of stuff, but I'm happy to, to change if something else comes along. That's awesome too. I'm not making any predictions about like what browser is going to start to get really popular or anything. Sure. Well, I can tell you, like, my husband and I have been using Brave as our primary browser on mobile and desktop for more than two years now, three years, I don't know how long. I used to use Firefox on my work machine. I currently am in between jobs, so I don't have that work machine right now. But, like, on my new work machine, I'll probably use Firefox and Brave. And my husband decided, just with all the stuff going on with Chrome, he was just so upset about it. He's like, I'm not even going to start using Brave and like, I don't trust any of these browsers. He's, he's going to start building Chromium on his machine and he's going to just use Ah. like vanilla Chromium and build it himself. Yeah. So, which I think is like probably the safest thing to be honest, like not very scalable scalable solution. (laughs) Yeah, it isn't. No, but I mean, you know, if you have one personal machine, it's good for us. Yeah. So it really sucks, but yeah, yeah, there is one. I, I do have another wish. I kind of don't want to mention it, but it, it involves the something chain. And I don't want to mention the third version of the thing. Um, but, but I would like to go away. Is this like Beetlejuice? If you say it too many times, it shows up or what? I really hope that crap gets out of the headlines and out of my Twitter feed. That's actually my trend. That's my prediction for this year. I think we're going to see our next bubble burst, specifically around NFTs. I think... I do think there's interesting technology there. And I do think that out of the ashes are going to come cool new things. But I think it's obviously frothy. There's a lot of scamming going on. People are losing a lot of money. And it's just been bubbly for a long enough time that I think this sometime this year, I think we're going to see our next crypto bubble bop. 
And I think a lot of people are going to end up losing a lot of money, unfortunately, but you'll get it out of the headlines. There'll be a bunch of headlines and then there'll be none for like a few years until it bubbles up again. That's my prediction. I will put money on that by not putting money in that. (laughs) This is not financial (laughs) advice. (laughs) Do whatever you would like. Yes. Thanks for the qualifier. I think it's about due time. I'm sure there's a market somewhere where you can short it. And then when you lose your key, your short will go away. (laughs) There you go. Oh, gosh. Let's just all collectively lose all of our keys and then everything goes away. Just start fresh. All right. Any last trends before we call it a segment and switch gears? I think people are going to start to use temporal, 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 temporal. That's my last trend. And that's it. We'll leave it at that. You know, no more, no more JavaScript dates. JavaScript date, date library that's like a bajillion kilobytes. It's going to be in the browsers. Nice. Kids, so. Is it in uh, Safari? I'm hoping it will be. Jesus, I might have to make that patch myself and JS. <laughs> see if it's not. It's going to be a problem. I don't think that's how it works necessarily. Yeah. Well, I mean, it is open source for what it's worth. But yes, yes, you have to like be a core committer in WebKit. And- I know, but well, mobile Safari, Safari is not open source, right? Like, so the, the core is, but they decide what goes into the browser, right? Correct, correct, yes. Apple has final say. They could patch it out before they compile or something. Right, right, right. If they wanted to. All right, there you have it. Temporal is coming to a browser near you, maybe even Safari. We'll be right back. Practical AI is a weekly podcast that's making artificial intelligence practical, productive, and accessible to everyone. If the world of AI affects your daily life, this show is for you. From the practitioner wanting to keep up with the latest tools and trends. Spacey is really a library that lets you put together a whole NLP pipeline of the different things you might want to do um, and extract from your text. You know, you're not just interested in predicting one thing. You might want to read in your text. You want to find the individual sentences. You want to find out which concepts are mentioned in the text, like which person names, organizations, dates. And then you also maybe want to predict something about like what's in the text. To the AI curious, trying to understand the concepts at play and their implications on our lives. Would you rather be spending your time improving your blue score by 0.1 on French to English? Or would you rather have a breakthrough on kind of that under-resourced language that, by the way, has 350 million people using it in underprivileged areas around the world? Here's your expert hosts. My name is Chris Benson. I am a principal AI strategist at Lockheed Martin. And with me, as always, is Daniel Whitenack, a data scientist with SIL International. Hey, how's it going today, Daniel? Please listen to a recent episode and subscribe today. We'd love to have you as a listener. Let's talk personal goals, resolutions, call them whatever you like. Let's talk about where we are investing our time this year. What do we want to learn? What do we want to try? What do we want to do? K-Ball, you're up first. 
All right. So I sort of alluded to last year at being a shot year. It was about recovery for me um, and challenges. The year before that was also a mess for everyone. So this year, my goal is like to just to get back to like growing again, get back to positive, get back to moving forward. And a couple particular places I'm working on that or thinking about that, I want to get back to writing much more regularly than I've been doing. So writing, focusing on that. And the other is investing in learning, reading some new books in different areas. Taking, I'm taking a workshop. I, I ran here from a workshop this morning. I'm super excited learning about how to better develop other developers. Ooh, that's fun. But really just like investing in myself and actually looking forward again, rather than just how do I survive today? How do I recover from the hell that's been the last couple of years? Sounds good to me. Let's kick it over to Divya next. What are you thinking, Divya? So I'm looking forward to be excited about tech again because I haven't been this year at all. I've been focusing a lot on like my personal life and just getting myself together and sort of similar to K-Ball, just surviving and thriving. And I'm so I think next year I really want to thrive and just I started a new job. I'm excited about that. I'm excited to learn again and grow and develop and do something that's completely outside of my comfort zone because I think I've been when you're sort of dealing with stuff, you tend to just kind of stick to what is the status quo. So I think that's what I did for the last year. So moving forward, I'm excited to just like challenge myself again, learn again. I'm hoping to write more about my process and like as I'm learning, try to document everything because yeah, I think this is like, yeah, year of growth. That's my goal. There you go. Year of growth. Allie, how about you? So two big things. The first life thing would be I want to hike a 14er and I want to spend a lot of time outside. And then on the more career front, like last year for me was building out a team and building out team processes and things like that. I think next year will be a lot of implementing. I'm really excited to actually follow through with these workflows that I've built out and these mechanisms and see how they run in a more like scaled up manner. So that's what I'm doing this year. Awesome. Uh, Amelia. Oh, so there's going to be a bit of a common theme here. I'll start with my resolution this year, which wasn't formal. Just looking back, my husband and I moved to DC in March 2020. And if you've checked the news since then, we didn't get to explore DC very much. So at the beginning of 2021, we were really excited to explore DC and get to know the city. That didn't happen very much. So (laughs) come this year, we are moving to the Bay Area in a few weeks, and I'm going to have the same fake resolution of getting to know the Bay Area, and hopefully it actually happens this time. And then I'll have an official low bar resolution of being able to do one sit-up at the end of the year. One more than K-Ball can do. Sit-ups? Just kidding, cable. Just a normal sit-up. Just a normal sit-up. <laughs> oh, I can do sit-ups. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't challenge him. He'll do it right here on the show. You know it. <laughs> okay, Amel. I'm sure you have a long list. Let's hear it. Oh, my God. Y'all ready? Everyone comfortable? Anybody need a bathroom break? <laughs> Sip of water? Stretch? You should get your own segment. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Amel's goals. Her running lists are to run for president. No, I'm not running for president. I don't know. So I think I'm having a coming out party this year. Um, I think, yeah, just last year, there was a couple projects that I wanted to launch and just kind of 
put that on a back burner due to like things that were going on life-wise with myself and other folks that I was collaborating with. Everything just kind of like took a very interesting turn last year. Um, so I think um, for me, I've never really done full-time like developer advocacy or anything like that, but I still really care about like the work that I do with the community. So I think, you know, just being this kind of like hyper tech lead that's very inward focused at work. A lot of the things I do externally to the community are not that intentional. Like I just get like invited to do something and I'll just say yes, or, you know, I land on a podcast and I'll say yes. But like, so this year I think is being a little more intentional about the community work that I do. And in order to support that, I'm launching a blog. So you'll hear lots of rants from me. And the blog is called Unrelated Thread. And right now I'm deciding between like unrelatedthread.blog, unrelatedthread.com.dev. I don't know. So there's so many options. I think I own all of them. So I, I don't know. But if you have thoughts, let me know. Wait, you're a developer launching a blog. What did you build it with? Yeah, what's your new blog engine you're going to launch? Yeah, it's a, a Netlify CMS. So Netlify CMS and just like my own front end. So very simple, nothing like crazy. And I'm sure it'll hopefully get more and more refined. Like I'm trying to not have like, Great, get in the way of good, mm-hmm. I guess. Does that make sense? But there's some really interesting things that I'm doing with this blog. Like, I think that's it's cool. Like, it's called Unrelated Thread for a reason, and you'll see it when it launches. So there's that. And then the other thing is, again, just being more intentional about my community work and being more kind of like making more space for this. I know this is going to sound crazy, but I've decided I'm writing a book. And it's not the type of book that you think. And in order to keep me accountable for writing this book... I'm hosting a series of monthly salons for the year of 2022. And the salons are not actually for y'all because they're the book that I'm writing is not for y'all in the sense that, I mean, you can read it by all means, but it's a book for um, technology. It's a book about technology for non-technologists. So Mm. I'm working to help bridge that gap. And there's some really um, interesting things that I'm hoping to do. So writing and being more intentional about my community work And yeah, just continuing on the things that I think I've built in my personal life over like being healthy and trying to like be more inward and, you know, make more time for myself and like take care of my physical and mental health, you know? So I feel like I've gotten good at that, but I think uh, getting better boundaries and managing that alongside work, which, you know, I'm like absolutely a workaholic, but it's like, it's not draining always because I love my job, but I think it's important for me to like have better boundaries. So I'm excited to try that as well. So this book is for all your new friends, your lawyer friend, your accountant friend, your masseuse. It's a big deal. We're probably going to have to do a a whole interview about it on Changelog. So it's a big deal. It's actually going to be hopefully like a big book. Cool. Like I want it to be like a big book, like real publisher forward by a famous person that you might know type book, you know, so... Elon Musk. Not Musk, no. McNeese. I'm hoping to get Sal Khan if I can get him, but I don't Kishima know. Rauch. <laughs> yeah, Sal Khan. I think Sal Khan is my first choice if I can get him. I have a few connections with him, so if I can convince him. But but yeah, no, it's really just trying to bridge the gap. We have too big of a gap, and technology is just becoming too critical of a thing in everyone's lives for people to just hand wave around it. Um, and, you know, it's a sign of our success that so many people are able to use technology without understanding it. Right. It's, but it's still, people need to understand it. So this is just kind of like a hurrah to try to just at least marginally improve that, like shorten the gap, so to say. So very cool. Well, you did not disappoint in your <laughs> ambitious goals for the yeah. year. I hope you accomplish all of them. Yeah. 
We'll see. Hopefully. I set up some stuff to keep me accountable. So that's... There you go. External pressure is the best way. What's a monthly salon? Oh, so I'm part of a forum called uh, Interintellect. So it's just a bunch of like nerds that like talking about like intellectually type topics. And so... Um, hosting a bunch of salon, like a monthly salon, like it's like a three hour session where we just talk about stuff and um, be hosting that as I write the book. So as each chapter comes along. Okay. Yeah. I thought a salon is just where you go to get your hair done. No, no, no. I'm not, apparently not intellectual enough to know there's, there's multiple uses of the word. Right. It's like a concentrated like forum of really smart people, I think, who are very passionate about their respective fields. So you get this wide array of people that are doing interesting things. Like I like made new friends with like someone that's like doing a bunch of tech policy work for Tony Blair Institute, you know, in London, for example. Right. It's like, like that type of person, you know, mm. but and a lot of engineers as well. So myself included. Okay. Yeah. Well, after that, I refuse to share any <laughs> resolutions that I might have because it's like, you know, I want to uh, do three sit-ups or something ambitious like that. And I'll kick it right over to Chris. Who is the most ambitious amongst us? Chris, do you have any resolutions for 2022? Yeah. I'd like to... <laughs> Amazing. Masterfully delivered. That will end the show because it doesn't get any better than that. Happy New Year to everyone. We hope to have an awesome year of JS Party podcast for y'all to enjoy. I've been Jared. This has been JS Party. And we will talk to you guys next week. Do you have any big goals for 2022? Are you spotting any trends that we may have missed? Let us know on Twitter by tweeting at JSPartyFM. We would love to hear from you. And if you've been listening to the show for a while, do us a solid by sharing JS Party with your friends. Word of mouth is still the best way people find new podcasts they love. If you are a Plus Plus subscriber, we have five ridiculous bonus minutes for you after this. Expect talk of kazookas, K-Ball serenading Amel. Did you ever know that you're my hero? And me repeatedly failing to start the show. If you're not a Plus Plus subscriber, get in on it at changelog.com slash plus plus. JS Party is produced by me, Jared Santo, with music by The Beat Freak, Breakmaster Cylinder. Special thanks to our sponsors, Fastly, Linode, and LaunchDarkly. That's all for now. Swix, next week.